All right, guys, it's draft week. You darn right. Fellas, less than three days. Three days too many. (laughs) Absolutely. It's Christmas. Way too many. Right after college football season, right after the NFL season, it's like, oh, this thing is going to be four months. It's going to be forever. It's like Christmas when I was a kid. It's so cheesy, but it is so true. The energy in this town is great. The energy among national media and the expectation of the fun they're going to have in Nashville and the drama that's going to unfold, it's just amazing. It's surreal. This is in our city. Tonight, for our listeners, we're going to do a seven-round Titans mock draft, and we're going to give our listeners an idea of who might be out there at each round. There's a lot of talent throughout the NFL draft. That's a beautiful thing about the NFL draft. Some of these guys, for a lot of folks, after the even the first round sometimes, you haven't heard of these guys. But a lot of these guys, we, we've heard of, of them in three years. A lot of these guys come in and make an impact, whether they're first-round guys or undrafted free agents. It's one of the great things. I think one of the reasons that, that we love this thing so much. But we're each going to give a pick, and it's just to, so you guys can learn more about these players. We talk so much about the quarterbacks and the top ten picks in this draft. There's a lot of good football players in this in this draft, guys, and let's talk about some of them. Big fella, start with you. Pick 19. Pick 19. You know, it's really hard picking up doing a first-round pick because there are a lot of good players that are going to be available. There are three, though, that I'm really looking for, looking at and tossing it up uh, between the three of them. What I'm debating on are Montez Sweat, Brian Burns, and Dexter Lawrence. I know, Nathan and Landon, you both have been really high on Lawrence, and, you know, I'm not saying I'm not, but out of the three, I don't know if if those other two are available, I don't know if I can pick Dexter Lawrence over him. I've really, really liked Montez Sweat. You know, I watched him some during the year. I've also let, I've also watched Brian Burns during the year. With Montez Sweat's combine, his performance, it was incredible. Now, he has a little bit of a health issue, but I'll tell you what, that doesn't scare me. So, pick 19. If he's there, Montez Sweat. If he's there. Most of our listeners, I'm sure you've been paying attention and... It seems that some of his medical condition, his medical issues are coming out, and some teams are scared away from him. Other, some teams are even pushing him out of the first round. I just think the talent and the upside is too much to turn away. You know, I mean, we've seen some guys, Landon. I know you've talked before about Mo Hurst, and you know, with these kind of issues, and it never really turns out to be anything. So, I'm kind of hoping for that, and. Hoping we get a steal of the draft. Another pretty high upside guy with some health issues. DK Metcalf. Super freaky high upside receiver. Cool potential number two to Davis. Opens up the offense. If he were to stay healthy, which I think he can certainly do in the long run. I think that's a cool pick. I've, I've liked Metcalf. I think if I were going to go with any of the receivers, I think he's the guy I'd go with. I mean, the guy looks like a... Looks like a Marvel superhero, superhero, and he had an incredible pro day. I know, Landon, your your comments on him in previous episodes we've done. He's not a really polished route runner, so I I think that you know he can be a good athlete for us, and you know develop into a better route runner. So I mean, I think that's his knock, right? But yeah. I think he can develop. Yeah, he's raw and can't stay healthy, but there aren't many six three and a half guys that run. Low right. four threes. Yeah. Guys, we've watched the last two drafts to, with each other, and we 
Uh, we're good friends, but we, we have dissension uh, among the draft, and I think that's good. I've learned a lot from you guys, and because you guys don't always agree with me, we, we think differently. As far as Sweat goes, unless he has a serious, some sort of heart condition, it's kind of weird. Teams can't openly talk about what they know about his heart because it is his health. They're forbidden from saying that some weird leak or some rumor is out there, A, to attempt to drop him in the draft, or so somebody can get him. It's you know what like the hardest shit is? Sort of like a smear campaign. It, his heart uh, but, is too big. So, or B, there is a pretty serious <laughs> issue, and he's going to be off some teams' boards. I don't know. You hear so so much gossip and rumor this week. This is the time where stuff can get crazy. Somebody's Twitter from eighth. Honestly, I'm surprised if Montez Sweat is not at least a top ten pick. I think his floor is nine to Detroit. But we'll see. As far as DK Metcalf, the fun thing about watching the draft with you guys is we make statements, right? We make hot takes, and then we we have to sort of bear them. Uh, I don't think DK Metcalf is going to be a first-round pick. I don't think he'll be the first Ole Miss receiver taken. I think A.J. Brown, if he's there at 19, and I expect him to be, I think – John Robinson would take a long look at him because he would be a perfect fit. He's six foot, 190, but this guy played in the slot a lot. 1,300 receiving yards last year. He ran in the low four fours, super productive. Did it for two and a half years there at Ole Miss. Really impressive guy. So those are my hot takes. I, I like the picks. I think a lot of – I'd love to have sweat. I just think it's going to happen. And Metcalf is looks so appealing. For me, you guys know I like Dexter Lawrence. I tend to think more and more that Dexter Lawrence is not going to be there at 18 because he's like Vita Vey last year. Those guys, they, they mock in the 20s, but when push comes to shove, a team takes a guy because they're just so rare. And I'll be re- really interested to see if one of these three guys don't go. It seems to me every time I play it out, every time I do a mock draft, guys, somebody quality is that is there for the Titans, and uh, I think that'll be the case Thursday night, guys. I think the the true sweet spot of this draft is 15 to 40. What do y'all think? I think I would agree because there's just so many guys and there's so much variability, and it really just comes down to what teams personally think and what scouts personally think about these guys. There's not a lot of separation, like. The five, top five or so receivers are really just separated by what you want and what you're looking for. I can see it going any number of ways, and it wouldn't really surprise me the order of guys that go in that range you just mentioned. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, a, a lot of teams are first-round talent in that second round. And, you know, for some of these teams, if they if they really nail their first-round pick and then hit on a first-round player in the second round, that can change a franchise. Yeah, ask Indianapolis. Right. That's exactly what they did. I won't uh, ask They hit on two second-round but... players, uh, but facts are facts, and uh, I'd love to see us do the same thing. We didn't do bad last year in the second round either. So uh, that being said, let's lead right into it. Very important round for teams to sustain uh, success. John, who you got at 51? So I've got a couple ideas here. Uh, I go between interior offensive linemen or I go wide receiver. So I think – my pick here kind of depends on what we land. If I'm basing my draft on us getting Montez Sweat at 19, I'll tell you what, I really like Nikhil Harry out of Arizona State, wide receiver. I just think he's, you know, that big body type receiver. He's quick. He's polished. I think he'd be a really nice fit in our offense. I'd like him too, but I don't really know if he'll be there. Because it, it looks like wide receiver run's going to shape in the early shape up in the early second. 
Yeah, I would. Agree. I just don't really but see him lasting that, that far. Starts. Stranger things have happened, but he's a talented kid for sure. Nikhil Harry's talent and skill set and size is somewhat redundant to Corey Davis. You know, it might be, but I, I don't think we we can ever have a shortage of playmakers on our offense. And I think, you know, if you have two guys like that, you know, you can stretch the field. You can do a lot of different things. You can go a lot of empty set. And I think giving Marcus the best amount of the, uh, the best targets around, uh, you know, and having plenty of guys to turn to is only going to make us better. So, I mean, if you float him out there, you have Delaney Walker, Corey Davis, throw Tajay Sharp, Humphreys, having having more targets is going to is gonna serve Mariota a lot better. Um, and I think he really needs that to succeed at this point. Well, I've already gotten a freaky number two receiver to help out Marcus. So now I'm going to fix the interior offensive line so Marcus actually has time to throw to to Metcalf and Davis. I'm going to end up taking Elton Jenkins, interior offensive lineman from Mississippi State. He could be a guard or center, but I think he projected as a center. And he just kind of, and he just fixed the last big flaw in our offense, which is interior protection. Day one starter, easy choice there. You know, I've looked this guy up, and uh, you talked about the run on receivers, maybe being in the 30s. I could see the run on offensive linemen, guards, interior offensive linemen, because there's such a need throughout the NFL for these guys. And you saw a run in the 20s last year. I could see it starting in the 20s and this guy going in the 30s or 40s. Uh, so I would love if he were there. Really tough player. Played a lot down at Mississippi State. Uh, has some versatility to play. Center guard, it looks like. But I would love to see him at 51. Yeah, I think he's, it's a good pick. I really wanted to pick – Chris Lindstrom here, but I really don't think he's going to be there for us no, to take him. I don't either. I think he's going to go in the first, late first, just because of the need there. I think he matches favorably to the guys that we saw go off the board in the late first round last year at that position. I would love to see him here, but we bat around these guys and we say, well, they won't be here. Well, they won't be here. Well, somebody has to be there, and that's a good thing about being kind of where we are towards the, the middle-late part of, of each of these rounds. I would love to take a pass rusher here. I know I, I took a defensive tackle in the first round, and it kind of we everyone in our fan base just thinks guard, guard, guard. With signing Roger Saffold, I know we, we're we not going to feel good about uh, opening the season with, um, with, with who we've got on the roster currently. But for me, looking at um, the offensive linemen, specifically the guards in this class or tackles that may become guards in the NFL. It seems like there's five really solid guys, and then the next ten guys are kind of about the same. In some drafts you'll see if they don't get one of these guys they really like, they wait. And there are some intriguing guys a little bit later that they'll have come in and and compete with uh, Corey Levin, but obviously be about where Corey Levin is now. And I think they might find that guy in the fourth uh, if it plays like this. I like Osane Zimenez, the greatest player in Old Dominion University football history, literally. He'll be the highest guy and maybe the first guy drafted in the history of the school. 6'3", 253. This guy played significant steps all four years. At a small school guy, one thing I want to see is did he play, I mean, as soon as he got off the bus. This guy did. This guy ran the 40 and uh, 4.78. Terrific pass rusher. Good against the run. Uh, this guy had 35 sacks in college, 
He looks the part. He looks like Michael B. Jordan, uh, one of my favorite actors, so that makes me uh, really pumped uh, for the possibility to have him. He looks like a guy that John Robinson like, just like I said about A.J. Brown. Super productive in college, has the measurables, and um, I don't know if this guy will be here at 51 because we know how pass rushers are favored, even guys from small schools. This guy checks just about every box, except he didn't play in the SEC or or Big Ten. What do you all think about Zimini's? Well, he's definitely on the all-name team. No, no question. <laughs> Somebody's going to make that pick, and it might be somebody, since it'll be second round, like somebody important, they're going to be like, oh, crap, I was hoping for Chris Lindstrom. But uh, the guy's a mouthful. Uh, he's got a great name. Uh, but I don't know, John, what do you think about a skill set? Landon, what do you think of Zimini's? I think that would be a decent pick in the second just because we, we really need a pass rusher. And I know a, a little bit about I know he's got – a little variety in his moves and pass rush and he's obviously a good athlete he has potential but i'm not super well versed pick 82 big fellow who you got i'm gonna take another edge rusher i'm gonna take deandre walker out of georgia i think there's a possibility he could still be there i think he's a, a, an incredible uh run defender and he can set the edge so i think really he can really complement the rest of our team well. And then that gives us some flexibility to play him, Sweat, Cameron Wake, and Harold Landry. Kind of get creative and give Dean Pease some options on, on pass rushers and always have somebody fresh in there. I really don't mind double dipping at a premium position. Obviously, edge rusher is probably the weak link on our defense right now. So two, two of our first three picks could be a bit much, but it's so, it's so important to our defensive success that it's not that big of a reach. You guys know what I think about pass rushers, the more the merrier. I like the pig, big fellow. There's a chance Walker could be there. 6'2", 251, for guys that know him, played at Georgia. Like John said, has all the measurables, checks all the boxes. What I like about this guy, good against the run. Some of these guys are good, not great in the SEC. They play next to great players, and they're under the radar. This guy had 14 sacks in college. Uh, This guy played 900 snaps at Georgia. If you've watched that defense the last two years, getting on the field means something for that team. So uh, this guy, I know Evander Holyfield's son was his teammate. If you look at pictures of this guy with his mouthpiece in, this guy looks like Evander Holyfield. So I would love to see him in two-tone blue in Nashville. Landon, who you got at 81? Landon, who you got at 82? All right, so I have to go and look at the defensive side now since I've already addressed my offensive needs. And I'm going to take Kalen Saunders, defensive tackle, Western Illinois. Really, he's really shot up in the draft process, six foot, 320. Obviously, he played smaller competition. Just an absolute freak of an athlete in, on the interior defensive line. But obviously, he's only six foot. He's smaller, and he needs to work on his technique. But here to get a guy with that much upside physically and he he's got the mindset to improve and work and get better and to have him have him learn from Jarrell Casey is just a dream so it just it just makes perfect sense to me to shore up the defensive line I feel like we're all on the same page here guys this is a good defensive line draft we hear about the guys from Clemson we hear about uh, all the depth and the guys that will go in the first round there's good depth throughout the draft it reminds me in 2017 when we knew there were some good corners and wow, there were a lot of good corners. Do you guys see sort of the same thing playing out as far as the defensive line and pass rushers in this draft? 
Oh yeah, definitely. When I was doing some quick research to prepare, I was just looking down and down the list for my layer picks, and it's like that guy is still there. He's still he's pretty good, and it's like the fifth round, and I I see a defensive lineman or edge rusher that I think could be a solid contributor. It's just so deep at every level, not just top end, but throughout the whole entire board. Sometimes in years, there's not a whole lot of these guys around, and that's why guys get pushed up. Uh, I don't know what it is, but there's a lot of big, a lot of athletic, a lot of really good players in this draft on the on the defensive line. Oh, me, guys, I mean, the other guy yeah, I was debating ahead. was another defensive lineman. I don't know. I mean, it, it, I was debating Dalen Mack at a Texas A&M big, huge yeah. D tackle, but oh yeah, um, I decided to go double edge. Just the fact that that guy might be there at 81 at his size and athleticism tells you about Oh, he's um, a brick house. The draft. I would love – you guys know my affinity for players like that. I would love to see him. And it could happen. Um, guys, for me, you know, I, I like school players. I like when we take them a little bit later in the draft because it's just always amazing to me. Yeah, the, Metcalf is amazing, some of these other guys. But we all know because we – Watch the Steelers sometimes and, and other teams where um, a lot of these guys, um, receivers, running backs, third round and later, uh, you just got to know how to identify these guys. Some teams do it better than others. This guy bench pressed 225 pounds 29 times. He ran a 40-yard dash, 4.42 seconds. His vertical was 43 and a half inches. Uh, this guy um, was 11th in the country in deep passing yards last year. The guy is unbelievable. Oh, yeah, he's 6'3", 220. This guy had uh, 11 touchdowns in college, eight last year. This guy could just be getting started, and I would—I don't know if he's going to be around. Maybe we take him at 51, but there is a chance. He has been absolutely buried behind some of these other guys. Have you guys heard much of anything about Boykin? I think Miles Boykin, there is a chance. I could see him going to the second or third round. Miles Boykin is receiver from Notre Dame. I've heard a lot, especially at the combine, because – probably across the board overall he's probably the most physically impressive athlete because Metcalf probably ran faster and some guys jump a higher but for a guy this big to run this fast to have agility times this great to bench that much it's just really impressive if we do hold off on taking a receiver until the third I'd die happy if we got to get Boykin in the third and maybe we're uh excited so maybe we're uh, optimistic about where these guys go. So for our listeners, just imagine them a roundup. Uh, but just the idea is these are guys that we've identified that maybe our front office would, would, would take a liking to. I love Boykin. He's got a bright future, and it'd be great to go defense or um, offensive line in the first two picks and still s- somehow find a guy with this sort of potential. Uh, guys, let's move on. Fourth round, 121. Big fella. You know, a position I haven't hit yet, offensive line. And, you know, with the way that this draft board has been shaping up with other teams, I'm not sure this guy will be here. Hopefully he will be. Um, But Michael Dieter out of Wisconsin, the guy is massive. He's 6'5", 309. Uh, I mean, he can – he's just legit. That's a really good pick, big fella. I think Dieter – has a chance to be here, but like I said, even if he's there in the third, the idea is I, I think our I think our front office is going to like him. What do you like about Dieter? And uh, I think he would fit the Titans really well because he's a guy that would just rip holes and it's big and nasty. He he's got right guard written all over him. Yeah, I mean you know, 
I have always, when it comes to offensive linemen, me personally, I always look at the Big Ten. They play in the cold weather. They're big. They're tough. They're nasty. And this guy, you know, fits that model to a T. And I just think, you know, he'll come in and, you know, I mean, as I say that, I'm looking at our offense uh, at our offensive line, and you know now we have all of our first round draft picks are from the Big Ten with Taylor Luan, Jack Conklin. Yeah, you're not then, the only one likes the Big Dieter. Ten. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that was obviously so, yeah, right. Uh, somebody, um, somebody at Baptist Sports Park likes them too. <laughs> yeah, so I, I I just think you know we need some big nasty dudes to make some holes to to give Mariota some time, and I think you know investing heavily in the offensive line. It's just something we need to do. I mean, we made that very clear during free agency with paying Roger Saffold and, you know, paying top dollar for a quality offensive lineman. He also so, played in the Big Ten, too. Yeah. <laughs> played for Indiana. And there I know John Robinson didn't draft Taylor Lewan, but he did give him $50 million. So, you know. You're darn right. <laughs> yeah, he loves him, obviously. You're darn right. We like our Big Ten up down here. Yeah, so I, I think he's the guy if he's there. There's another conference, but specifically a school that produces good offensive uh, linemen, and that's Oklahoma. And there's two or three guys. Uh, there's literally three guys uh, that I think we might see in in, in this draft uh, go in the first probably four rounds. A guy I like that will be available here, I think, uh, would just be down and dirty because a lot of our fan base, like I said, is listening to this and saying, no, they're, they're going to pick it. I think we've been conditioned to think that. I think – with the free agent stuff and and how they develop Levin, I think they want to bring somebody that yeah they that they envision starting day one. But I think they might be bold enough to to pick him in the third or fourth round. Obviously, you do too, John, with your pick. I like Drew Samia, offensive guard from Oklahoma. This guy is a guy like I like. He's balanced. He's good against the run block, and everybody that plays offense uh, at Oklahoma has to pass block because they throw it a lot. But obviously. They do so many unique things uh, with the football. This guy's strong, uh, not super athletic, but this guy's a four-year starter at Oklahoma. That's, I mean, what else do you need to say? If you can get on the field there for four years, 6'4", 303, I think he will be here in the fourth round, and that's what I was saying earlier. You got five guys, you get them, great, but if you don't, there's another ten guys, Samia kind of at the bottom end of that, that are sort of kind, kind of cut from the same cloth for me. Landon? What do you think about Samia, and who do you have at 121? Well, you kind of stole my thunder with the whole he's he's a he's a veteran on Oklahoma and he's dependable. That's just pretty much what he is because if you're a four-year starter at a big-time offensive school and you've been great and you've helped power great offenses led by Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray, you're a good guard. You might not be first-round pick level guard, but still, you're going to be a good guard. Yeah, you're, you make a good point. Big fella, do you think uh, – I know you played. Uh, it, are we reading too much into this? If you play for four years, I know it doesn't make or break you, but is that something we should look for, a guy that could just keep his job at Oklahoma with all the talent they have? Is this guy prepared to, yeah, like Land was saying, maybe not make a Pro Bowl, but, 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 but help us out on the field? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. There's this guy, I don't know if you heard of him, Played a ton of football at Iowa. It wasn't an offensive lineman, but it was na- his name was Desmond King. Uh, played a ton of football and a solid pick. And somebody was screaming their lungs out to pick him because you play that long in the Big Ten in a tough position. You know, it, it, it's going to work out. I mean, 
you know, the, you, you what you want, you want players to play for, you know, number one, there are a couple, there are a bunch of good things with playing for four years. Number one, you're true to your word and your commitment. When you sign with a school, you play for four years. Um, so that's building your character. Number two, by the time you've played four years in major college football, you know, obviously you come in as a freshman and you are a, a, a notch above the rest because you can play right away. Um, and then after four years of big-time college football, you've probably seen pretty much everything. And when you get to the NFL, you know, the game just gets a little bit faster and you get your you, you, you tweak small things here and there. And then you become a perennial Pro Bowl player or a solid contributor. And that's what we need, especially in these rounds. We need solid contributors. So if there are four-year starters on the offensive line, defensive line, anywhere, this is where you take them. I think since we've added Saffold, and if uh, hopefully we can get Jack uh, back to where he was, I, I think the fourth guy on that offensive line is going to need to be sort of like in that first year, see guy, hit guy, see linebacker, hit linebacker. And I think he's a guy, because of this experience, to your point, is plug and play at that degree. Um, in real life, I wouldn't want to wait till the fourth to take an edge rusher, but if we did have to hold off on a position of need – I would say I would be fine with edge rusher just because last year we had rookie Harold Landry, Iraq Poe and Morgan weren't as good, and the defense was still borderline elite. So I think despite how bad it was last year, it can survive the least amount of talent infusion. Here I'm going to take Joe Jackson, defensive end or edge rusher from Miami. He's well-rounded. He's a bigger guy. He's... He's, produ- he's, produced, he's produced pretty well at major college football. He's really just a safe high floor pick because right now we need edge rushers, and this guy can come in. He can be a rotational guy day one. Now this defense says what we need. We don't need a potential star. We need a guy who can come in day one and help the defense out any way he can. Excellent pick. Big fellow, who do you have at 157? In the fifth round. I really want to draft Jalen Hurd. Um, I really do. And part of me wants to say, oh, that's a reach. And just take Not more in the fifth round. talent. I, I think you'll go. I think I could see him going late day two. I'm then sorry. Let, I could see him go in the fourth. Uh, but uh, but go ahead. Uh, yeah. Then let's do it. Let's do Jalen Hurd. I mean, the kid is a playmaker. He didn't light the world on fire at his pro day. But on tape, he just looks quick, and he looks smooth, and, you know, I mean, he could just pretty much do it all. I mean, we've seen him at UT. We've seen him at Baylor. Um, he's obviously proven the ability to come in and kind of learn two different schemes yeah, and, and succeed big. in two different Play schemes. Play different positions. Exactly. Which guys do I mean, in the NFL now. Yeah. Right. I mean, he, That's going to get him drafted. Yeah, oh, in the first five doubt. rounds, just I that. Mean, without and his character doubt. to hang around, not just come out, to sit out a year after being a star – uh, there's some intangible things. Like, I think he's been hurt this offseason because, like you said, you watch the tape, this guy went from playing running back to leading Baylor in receiving. Now, I think he's been I think he's been banged up. Landon, I, I know you like her too. Uh, speak on him and then give me who you got at, at 157 in the fifth round. Well, if we do get hurt, it would be a bit disappointing just because the crowd on day three won't be as big as the first two days because if we do get Jalen Hurd, whatever Tennessee crowd we do have there is going to go nuts. That he's back, he's back in Tennessee. Here, I took an out-of-the-box approach. I took a high upside guy at a position we don't really need. Kendall Sheffield, 
cornerback, Ohio State. He's an elite track star. He's a super fast corner. He's been banged up in his time at Ohio State. And what gets me is his tech, his technique, his fundamentals, pretty, pretty rough, pretty bad. But part of that can be attributed to he's unable to stay healthy. And Kerry Coombs, our defensive backs coach, has really, has really helped all our defensive backs improve. And just the locker room of defensive backs we already have where he could learn from. Just and it's really just the potential he brings because there's not many guys out here that set the Ohio State record for the 60 yard dash, which wow. he did. What did he run? He so for the 60 yard dash he ran a no for the 40 at the combine. Oh well, that's the thing. He was banged up, so he didn't run. Oh. And that's the big knock on him is that he's well, not track star. He can run, but the knock yeah. on him is he's injured. He, yeah, he's a fast dude. But he's not great in coverage, and he can't stay on the field, which is why he's going to last this late. Well, we are in scratch-off ticket territory, so I like the pick. I've not heard of the guy, and I've done a lot of research, so that that's an interesting guy. I know for me and John and for our listeners, that's why we're doing this, so you can have these guys on your radar. A guy for, that I want to have on your radar, fifth round, fourth round, is a guy similar to Deshaun Hand at Alabama last year who was a five-star uh, recruit at Alabama. And when these guys come in and they're just good, not great, they get they just get a stigma on them, right, guys? And it's like, oh, they're not good. Well, they're actually pretty decent players. I think Richard Gary's going through that and some other guys. And sometimes these guys just aren't that good. Christian Miller is a guy that was a, a, a five-star coming out four years ago. Didn't play a ton. He's got the measurables. He's a pass rusher for them. Um, he really didn't play a lot until this year, and he only got 471 snaps uh, as a senior. But he did get 10 sacks. This guy has all the measurables. Deshaun Hand, I bring him up because he was a really good key rotational player uh, on the defensive line for the Lions last year. Christian Miller, 6'3", 247. Uh, he's got good measurables. He was good against the run. He was excellent against the pass. Obviously, he had 10 sacks. Uh, if this guy's there in the fourth or fifth round, you know, why not? Uh, why yeah, not that, take a scratch-off ticket on a guy that's got really high upside physically? Yeah, if you're going to take a scratch-off or a low percentage chance on any position, why not take a, pre- a premium position on edge rusher? All right, guys, final round. You guys did a great job. I've learned some things. They're just really fun uh, to do these. But if you listen to the national broadcast or if you read mock, mock drafts, it's like we just sort of – we just sort of bat around the same 40 guys, right? And uh, I just think it's good to kind of look at some of these guys that we're going to be reading about in a week. Uh, hopefully it'll be some of these guys we've talked about or new guys we'll be talking about. There's a lot of good players, a lot of interesting guys. Let's do our last picks, guys. John, who you got at 188, sixth round? So I debated going corner here, but I think I really, I, I think we're okay with corner for the moment, and I just really want to beef up our our pass rushers and our linebackers. So I'm going to go with a guy. Maybe you guys haven't heard of him. Maybe I'm well, Nathan. I'm sure after your rabbit hole weekend, you probably have. Ulysses Gilbert the third out of Akron, linebacker. He's six foot one, two hundred thirty thirty pounds. Check this out. In his junior year of college, he had a hundred and forty tackles. As a sophomore, he had 121 tackles. In, in both those years, he had four sacks. Um, he had some. He had a down year in his senior year, but still, I'm I'm banking on that production. Uh, I mean, just incredible. To end his his college career, 357 tackles, eight and a half sacks, 28 and a half tackles for loss, 
Uh, I mean, he's just a lunch pail kid. I think this guy deserved to be invited to the combine. I was sad for these guys to play all four years, and I wish they would expand it or something because he's an intriguing guy. Uh, this guy scored seven touchdowns. Yep. In college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So excellent, excellent pick. That's why I think people listen to uh, to um, uh, podcasts like this so they can learn something. Ulysses Gilbert the third, six one two thirty, an Akron zip. Um, really kind of intriguing. Imagine him as your gunner. Imagine him running up and down the special teams. And we're at that level in the sixth round. I would love to see it. Be some depth at linebacker. Excellent job. Um, Landon, who, who, who you got at 188? I'm taking a guy from Memphis, which is why I was telling you before this that you're going to like it. Offensive weapon slash return man. So Adore Jackson can stop returning punts and kicks and getting hurt when he's probably our best corner. <laughs> Please. So he, so he can stay on the field so he can play his, his actual position, which is covering guys and not fumbling the ball after taking a big hit. It's Tony Pollard from Memphis. He tied the Division One record with seven kickoff return touchdowns. At this point, I'll take a guy who has probable potential as a returner, if not just to get Adore Jackson off the field on special teams. Tony Pollard is the other running back. Darnell Henderson is a small guy, but absolutely lights out. And absolutely, it's going to be interesting to see if he's big enough to make an impact in the next level. Tony Pollard was his backup and was one of the better running backs in the country. Like he said, this guy ran a 4'5", 2, 5'11", 2'10". He's got good size. That, that, But at running back, that's the kind of guys you can get late. And we, When we did the 17 draft, we listed five or six guys that are NFL starters or, uh, or, or close uh, that were sixth, seventh, or undrafted guys. Uh, I could see Pollard is afraid of no one. These guys from Memphis – this guy played uh, significant stats for three years. Yards per carry for his career, 6.8. Um, Memphis and the AAC, as you know, John, is a Temple fan. It's no joke. They they don't play at the highest level of competition, but they play uh, they, they play tough competition, and, and they play the big boys some too. I would be really intrigued to see this guy come into camp uh, uh, for us. That's an excellent pick, Landon. I know last year we drafted Luke Falk. Okay, uh, and then uh, Miami sort of did the okie doke on us, right? We need a third quarterback. We need somebody, not just somebody that comes in for camp. And I know we got Ferguson and, and we got the um, Woodside. Uh, we need a, a guy to at least develop, right? And I think one of these guys is going to be available that we talk about a lot. A lot. Minshew is a guy when you look at his stats, a really intriguing player. I have hope that Jared Stidham is going to be here in the sixth round. Uh, this guy took a precipitous fall. Maybe we take him in the fifth. But, guys, he fits the two guys physically that we already have. He could learn the playbook. We wouldn't have to change anything. And he would be sort of a long-term developmental guy, maybe as a backup. I do think it's important to always bring in a guy. You see Belichick do it. Um, and so what do you guys think? You, you guys think we'll bring in a uh, d- d- developmental guy? What do you think about Stidham? Stidham? I'm not sure – if we'll bring in a developmental guy. But I actually do like Stim as a prospect, regardless of where he goes. He's got I think he has potential. I like his mechanics. I like his body. Like you said, I like his potential. It's just like you said, long term developmental guy, so he's not gonna go till mid late day three because long term projects don't go day two or day one. 
Yeah, he's got some serious limitations, but you know what? He had some starts at Auburn, obviously better before at this level. I think he's a look a lot better than some of these guys that it really you just can't envision ever being NFL, uh, you know, primary backups or or starters. So maybe we'll, there are some guys here that they're that going to still be around. I like uh, Brett Rippon at Boise State, um, and uh, you know some other guys. So uh, if not Stidham, maybe just somebody to, to that they identify. We don't have a seventh round pick because of um, our trade. What trade was that, Landon? That that lost us our seventh round pick. Was it Miami? I believe that was the Tannehill trade because we got their sixth Seven this in year and fourth, and then we get the sixth next year and give up our fourth next year? No, we got their sixth this year because we didn't have one this year because we traded it for Correa. Oh, that's right. Guys, that does it. Uh, what do y'all think? Uh, this gets me excited for – I've gotten nerdy enough about it in the last couple of years to enjoy the entire draft because you can just deep dive on this stuff and – Man, I'm I'm nerding out. You guys might need to come help me, y'all. Y'all not. I might need some kind of intervention after this, because I'm just all in. But in all seriousness, guys, less than three days. Can't wait to do it. We're gonna have a podcast on Wednesday night, guys. Get you prepped. Talk about what we're hearing uh, in draft news, and especially kind of how to approach if you're coming down Thursday, Friday, and or Saturday. Kind of ha- how to approach and navigate. I went for a walk this evening. Uh, downtown boy they're building things uh there's kind of this calm before the storm and uh it's just going to be great hey fellas welcome to draftville welcome to Draftville. we should have had those shirts made and just uh. like the just just like the the nightline like the skyline with maybe some um uh, some other things that would have been awesome we could have been rich we could have made it fellas we'll see you on wednesday tighten up tighten up <laughs>